Hey everybody, welcome back to the reemergence of the No Bonds cast. It's been a few weeks, a few months since we've launched episode. Very, very happy to get back. It's Friday. I've got my coffee. Most importantly, I've got someone very special here today, Ravya Tagavi. Um, Ravya, probably the most official, unofficial person of the firm. <laughs> what, do I, what do I mean by that? Uh, Ravya doesn't officially is not officially a, a, an employee of Beck Bodie, but she's been with Beck Bodie probably one of the longest tenures of our independent firm and, and um, just hugely, hugely additive to our daily conversations and our philosophy and how we communicate with the outside world. Um, so anyway, great to see you, Ravia. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah. um, so, for those of you who don't know, I'm Ben Beck. I'm the Chief Investment Officer, Managing Partner, Certified Financial Planner, Practitioner. I think you actually have to say it that way, Certified Financial Planner, Practitioner, that's the rule. A CFP, if you've heard of it, we've got six or seven other of those at the firm, folks that are committed to working directly with individual clients, helping them plan for their future, invest for their future, and are committed to the industry, committed to um, having a, 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 a level of expertise so that we can all put our clients in the best possible position for it. Um, Robbie and I were talking the other day about something interesting that touches planning deeply. I don't know if you remember that, Robbie, but we were, I think we were talking about how people make decisions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... <laughs> What what compels someone to um, make a financial decision one way or another? I think that's what we were talking. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's an interesting one because that's that's pretty deep in terms of. Um, I think we can all very easily just generally think about making decisions about finance as some sort of quantitative number. I I want to do this, so I'm going to invest in this or. Um, but how people make decisions is, is a pretty, a pretty interesting topic. Um, it makes me think of some of the conversations that I've had in the past with folks about questions that have come up from folks. And then you dig a little bit deeper of the source of those questions. And sometimes it's, well, my brother-in-law says, and he's a very successful CEO of XYZ company. And this is what he does, which to me is like, okay, well, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, I don't know, but he, he, he's in the know. She's in the know. And our job, I think, as financial advisors, financial planners is, I mean, it sounds pretty simple sometimes, but eliminate a lot of that noise and focus on what a client, what someone really needs. And we don't, we can't get to what somebody really needs until we understand what's driving the decisions, right? Um, 
understanding their goals and objectives first before launching into an answer for a particular investment strategy that your brother-in-law or that your doctor was talking about as uh, what he or she does. Um, everybody's different. There's no facts about the future, right? So let's entertain the notion that that worked in the past. Well, will that in fact work for you? Are we chasing something versus actually building a process and a plan towards something that's truly very important to you? That makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. I'm just reminded of, you know, when I was, when I first graduated from college, this is like a hundred years ago, um, I, uh, I, I really remember getting the, for, the sheet to make choices about my 401k. Mm. And I literally did, you know, it's so cliche, but I asked the person in the cubicle next to me, <laughs> hey, what did you pick? Right. I mean, like, right. and I, I imagine that that kind of thing happens still and more often than not. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. The other thing that I, I was thinking about, because, you know, I was, I'm a, a recovering financial advisor. So right. I, <laughs> also a hundred years ago for five minutes, I was in this, in this right. work. Um, and I think that a lot of firms say they, you know, you've got to ask people about their goals and objectives, but how many advisors actually have the guts <laughs> to really get under, into that question with people? Because it can be really uncomfortable. I mean, it's exciting and also potentially scary to ask people like, "What? why are you spending this money this way anyway? Mm. Or investing this money this way? Mm. Yeah. So those are my two- yeah. stopping, stopping at the point of, well, what, what's your, well, retirement income. Okay, yeah, sure, that's a goal. Um, uh, funding college, okay, that's a goal. Uh, you know, uh, but okay, well, that's fine, but that that really doesn't answer many questions for us, right? Doesn't um, it really doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't. <clears throat> those are those are certainly perhaps milestones, uh, or, or in the future that that um, everybody knows what those two things, two, two two examples mean. But getting deeper into what is driving those decisions, and then more importantly, how somebody approaches their own money and what's truly the most important to them um, is, is to me really the, the answers that we need to get to before we can really understand um, how we can be successful together, how the client can be successful. Because you, know, you and I have talked about this a lot, right? We can do all the candle burning at night and put together the, the flashiest, most polished plan in the world and have the best investment strategy in the world. But that pales in comparison to the work that we end up doing along the way. Right. That that to me is where the real work is done, because. Unless if we don't have an understanding of what's driving the decision making for somebody with respect to their money. We know that we, we as in you, me, and everybody else out there being human beings are just prone to make financial mistakes. We know that. And it's not exclusive to any particular person other than the fact that they're a human being. And we are emotionally charged human being. And we're, we, 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 
we encounter some sort of stimulus, good or bad, and it causes us to make a decision. And that decision, oftentimes when it comes to money, if there isn't a plan in place, if, it, if there isn't an understanding of, okay, what's really driving my decisions? And then not for nothing, having another human being in your life as a relationship that understands, okay, I know you're going to face this in the future. You may not necessarily know that yet, but I know based on my experience that, hey, there's going to be some, some things that come up on maybe a fairly regular basis over the next 20 or 30 years that is going to cause you to consider, hmm, am I doing things the right way? Should I change? Ooh, should I, should I do this? It's interesting. Yeah. And I think a lot can of our you jobs- decide yourself, like as, as, as I, you know, I can justify, I think we're all like this. We can justify our own decision-making, hmm. right? We can always, Easily. we can rationalize, rationalize everything. Yeah, we can rationalize everything. Um, and so having that other, so often I don't know, I may not even know what it is that drives my own behavior. Right. So I have it really to that point of having somebody there who can be like the, I don't know, um, some sort of like a litmus test for sanity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can I but give you, you an example? Trust them. You have to be able to trust them because like yeah. anybody could say, oh, yeah, I'll tell you. Let me tell you. But um, I'll, I'll give you a story. It actually happened yesterday. I, I, I met with a client, this client, um, great, great person. Um, been working together for uh, quite a number of years, at least like six or seven years, and um, has done very, very well, very well in, term, in terms of the performance of the portfolio. And that's not a plug for us. That's just a fact of, of sticking to a strategy, in other words, for a longer period of time. And approaching retirement now, and... We've had conversations along the way. Anytime the market goes through a hiccup, um, um, conversations, well, geez, you know, uh, the question comes, are we, are, we, are we staying the course or, or do we need to change something or, or so on? And, and that, that's been a common occurrence along the way, but the reinforcement over that time by, by me and by our staff of, look, you know, that this is why we do it this way, because we know we're going to encounter these types of scenarios. And there's a number of, of goals out there that, that drives that and, and, and for, the, for the client. And, and, um, but um, it came to a point with you know, the, the turbulence that the market has uh, withstood so far this year, um, number of factors, nothing out of the ordinary considering what's going on. This time is not different, um, so to speak. And however, um, really, he was getting to a point where he is feeling that he needs to do something different to the point of even leaving the firm. And this is exactly, um, to me, always a good reminder of checking in with folks and really working with them to, to understand, remind, reinforce the importance of a plan and remind them of the fact that we are going to face these turbulent, turbulent times, however temporary, turbulent times, often, not only leading up to retirement, but into retirement. Um, and 
it reminds me too of the fact, again, we mentioned a minute ago that at the end of the day, we're all human beings. So our major role, I think, as financial advisors when it comes to you know, your, your thoughts about decision-making, um, I don't think human beings are, are in a way um, predictable. They're predictable in the sense of we, you know, we are going to have trouble making decisions, but someone that I thought that was on the right path has had an extraordinary amount of success all of a sudden, uh, the switch has flipped and um, having a lot of trouble as uh, he enters retirement. Um, and I think that that is where in the past we've been successful at, this may be a little dramatic at times, by backing him away from the ledge in terms of making a poor decision in the past, which has allowed him and his family to benefit uh, from the plan that we put in place, um, it's a reminder that we are always not that far from blowing it up. Mm. And, and um, it's really important because there's so much to me in his defense, in anyone's defense, there's so much information coming at you every day today about what's happening and what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And there's a lot of bad actors out there in the media and otherwise that's just providing information that ultimately is not conducive or helpful to you achieving your goals. Um, and getting at that decision making to me is so important, but this is a good example that I share, I think, to me of um, you can never rest easy as a financial advisor because what might be right around the corner could take your client off that cliff mm -hmm. and be a detriment to them achieving their goals in the future. Yeah, yeah, that really, um, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, you know, over the course of the years um, we've worked together, one of the things that I work on um, consistently with clients is on fear. It's a favorite topic. <laughs> it's also a favorite topic of mine. And uh, I think I think that's, you know, uh, you can't power through it. You can't avoid it. It's just human. It's human. Fear is something that comes up all the time. And so this person that was, quote unquote, on track, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, it sounds like they just got scared again, mm -hmm. right? right? And, and it really takes a, a skilled advisor to be with a client through the fear of whatever it is, whatever it is that's activating them right now. Because sure. we know this time is not different. We know that, you know, wars happen, recessions happen, all this macroeconomic stuff happens and it happens cyclically. But that's the kind of like, that's the, the mind knows that, but the body doesn't remember that and it's just like comes up again but the beautiful flip side of fear is that so fear may hold us back sometimes but then we have this desire this longing which is the dreams and goals and aspirations that bring people to financial advisors in the first place so um and yeah. right in the middle of that right is one of the, my favorite words that you commonly use is courage yeah <laughs> right it's courage to for um, an investor to, you know, the courage is, is okay. You know, feeling those fears and 
understanding, right? The mind knows, the mind knows, you know, I shouldn't do this. The body's saying, oh my God, run. Yeah, go, <laughs> right? go away. Yep. And, and, and what's, what is it that's, that's preventing him or her from running is I think that courage. And, and that's, that, that's what, as a financial advisor, that's what you hope you're building in someone as an investor, as time goes along. And we throw wor words around like trust and integrity and all, all these different things in the financial industry. But in my opinion, um, and that really, what I mean by the vast majority of our work, actually the, the vast majority of the value and the work that we do that's most beneficial to clients actually happens along the way. Yes, the plan that we put together in the beginning is crucial. And, the, and it's a fact that a well thought out plan probably doesn't need to be adjusted materially over time, unless there is something significant that happens. So there's a lot of work that goes in, right? You know, get, you know from the point of what we call discovery, right? With, a, with, a, with a, uh, uh, someone that may become a client where we really get a deep understanding of not only their goals, but what's, what's the driving force behind those goals. And we do the work to create a plan that we think can, can, can be a, 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 something that can best achieve those goals. And that is an amount of work for, for sure, but the real work happens to me along the way and making sure to the extent possible that we're building that strength within them, that courage to, you know, it's one thing to say, I understand the markets go up and down on day one, right? When the markets aren't going down. <laughs> but then, but then money's accumulated along the way. Success is, is experienced and time is ticking by. And then we go through a turbulent time. Maybe we're close to retirement. Maybe something's happened and it just, it just causes that, that feeling of an investor, like kind of losing their stump, right? That, that feeling of, of you know, peering over that cliff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's our, it's, it's one of our biggest and most important tasks as financial advisors. That's why I love that word that you use so much when we talk together. It's really courage. It's courage to, execute and continually execute upon the plan that you as an investor work so hard to put together with us. Yeah. And it's also the advisor having the courage to hold you to it, to not appease your emotional ups and downs, right? To just mm. with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that's actually a, that, that's a really, really good point because that does take, courage from time to time, right? Is that, I, I think, again, as human beings, we all, or, or a lot of us have this inner um, need to put somebody at ease, yeah. right? Make someone comfortable, show empathy. And that can be hard to accept uh, from a client who's experiencing a lot of turbulence, you know, in terms of their portfolio, in terms of, oh my gosh, I, am I going to achieve this now? I, I thought we were on track and now this happened and so on. Um, it, I agree. It, it does take a, an element of courage on our end. Now that you say that a pretty significant amount to stand that line 
to make sure that I, I you know, I understand and show and, and try my best to show that empathy towards someone and help them see past, you know, the, the negativity that they're hearing in the markets or the, the, the dollar amount in their statement on a given month and, and recommend in counsel on something that's not necessarily um, preferable to them right now, personally, yeah. right? I think in the long term, it's funny to use the word empathy. Um, it may not feel like it in the moment when the advisor is saying don't sell. From a client's point of view, it may seem like, oh, my advisor just wants me to stay the course because, you know, they want my money, right? Or something like that, or whatever. It's a, it's, right. They may feel like it, there's a transaction at, in, 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 in play here. Sure. But, but really, in the long term, having the client not do things um, uh, re in reaction to the market mm -hmm. and helping the client stay the course may be the most compassionate thing, the most empathetic thing that a financial advisor can do. Uh, and, and it's hard. So, I mean, both people, both of these parties are human beings and both of them are subject to emotion. It's not, mm -hmm. not like one is, you know, exempt in some way. Mm -hmm. From that it's not just the client that gets emotional is what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. yeah we've totally drifted off our topic by the way which was why right. we give you your money yeah pull us back yeah that's right why 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 do you give us or why do you give why right. do you give people yeah your money? yeah well i was wondering if you could um maybe as a kind of a brief pause here um talk about you know we we you mentioned some words trust integrity blah 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 blah, blah all the things that a lot of financial advisors say to clients, right? You trust me, I have integrity. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you could talk about what are the questions that a financial advisor needs to be able to answer for a client? Like, absolutely. For sure, right. Um, so there's so there's obviously so many that come to mind that I, I find that are impactful, that are, that are, definitely useful to, to get answers to. But I think that ultimately going through a plan, going through a process, that plan, that process ultimately has to be encapsulated in a philosophy going forward, right? And it's actually a philosophy that's not necessarily based just upon investments that fund a plan, right? But I, I, you can apply these questions to a lot of facets of your life, I think. Um, and for us, um, when you're making decisions about your money, we've really narrowed it down to three, what we, we've talked about that, we obviously talked about this, relatively basic questions that seem to be really hard to answer for a lot of folks in our industry. Yeah. Um, and that is, what do you buy? Okay, I'm going to give you my money. I'm going to make a decision with my money. What what do we buy? Probably the easiest, I think, uh, or or the the one that's 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 people frequently do not have a problem answering. If 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 that's the case, uh, when do you sell? So you've bought something, and over a period of time you've owned it. When it when do you sell? When when is the point at which that you are going to move 
out of this investment into something else? Is it forever? In other words, you're going to own something forever? Is it when it goes up to some arbitrary amount, which is meaningless to a certain extent, it's irrelevant. So when is that? And then, then when you do sell something, if you do sell something, where do you reinvest the proceeds? Now there's a question, all these questions in our humble opinion have to be answered before you even get started, right? Otherwise you just mentioned a moment ago, the word reactive versus proactive, right? Um, what in anything in our lives, um, What's usually the outcome if we're reactive? <laughs> usually not very good, right? Not or, good. or not, or at least not optimal, right? Not optimal. You know, if 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 I'm not paying attention to my children, and then something happens, you know, they they drop a glass that they're not supposed to be carrying into the living room or whatever, and reactively I yell at them, right? Okay, that solves nothing, right? Solves absolutely nothing for us. It's a it's a it's an outpouring of emotion. And it does nothing to prevent them from falling into that again, right? Versus being proactive and, and doing things to make sure that that doesn't happen or that they understand the consequences of dropping a glass and stepping on the glass or what have you. So I really can't right now come up with a scenario of being reactive that actually turns out to be positive in, in any facet of my life. So why is it then that when it comes to the planning and investment world, that most of everything is reactive. A lot of what we see is reactive. We look at past information to make decisions about how we're gonna invest. That's reactive. Yeah. And that happens a lot. I don't, you know, I'm not gonna go through the, the, tough aspects of planning and actually having a deep conversation with advisor, I'm just gonna follow what my brother-in-law's doing because he's very successful. That's reactive. Um, and, it's, and it's perhaps uh, a departure of sorts from taking responsibility, right? It's hard. It's hard to sit down and have a conversation with someone when you don't have a great frame of reference, you mentioned the word trust. I, you have to trust that person. That's hard because I do believe trust is earned along the way. You know, it's not something that's just evident from day one. And then somebody has to demonstrate that to you. And, and, and I think a lot of it is the demonstration of being there with you and listening and hearing you and, and, and being present to what's most important to you. And then being proactive in terms of how you need to proceed going forward, knowing, fully understanding that that might not be the most popular thing to hear. You know, um, I want my money safe, for example. I want to protect. No, actually, we need to be proactive, engage in a philosophy and a strategy going forward, and we're going to experience volatility along the way. And the trade-off for that volatility are are returns that we feel that are gonna best get to you to your goals versus being safe, quote unquote safe. Right, so that, so, so bringing it back to like, why do people give advisors money? What motivates them? Um, you're mentioning the very kind of intentional approach of having a goal, having objectives, working with somebody methodically, 
And how often do you see people just showing up because they want more, 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 and don't really connect the more with anything that they want in their lives? Like, how often does that happen? Or maybe it doesn't. I, you know what? I, I think that um, not with everybody, but I think at certain points of, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but in certain points of my life, right? In anybody's life, I think, I think certainly there's the trap or, you know, you always have the opportunity to fall into a pattern of reaching for more. My wife just, just uh, showed me an article that she really liked this morning that she was reading about your home and the peace of mind that comes from eliminating the clutter and simplifying, um, you know, and, and the, the gist of the article was um, rather than focusing so much of, of having all the perfect things in each room and so on, but simplifying and, and really, really focusing on what, what's gonna make me happy in this particular space. What do we actually need in this space that, that, that provides the, the most amount of comfort and the less amount of stress and removing everything else. Um, and I, I, you know, that was about, you know, that article was about right, decorating a home in a sense, but I, I find a lot of parallels in the sense of just your own finances and your own goals and objectives of, of what is it that is going to make us the most fulfilled. And that right there, Rob, to me is the, the beautiful aspect of digging deeper with someone as you're building a relationship with a potential client or a client about getting a, a, a deeper answer about what's driving them towards these goals. That's the difference between retirement income and taking that at face value versus, versus uh, digging a little bit deeper. Why is it that you wanna retire it? Because I want freedom. Right, I want, I want that feeling of independence. I want to be able to know that I have enough money so that I can take that trip with my spouse to watch my child play lacrosse down at college or that I can attend whenever I want. Um, you know, my, my sons or daughters concert at Juilliard or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And, and that to me is getting more towards what the driving force is where you don't understand as a financial advisor, you don't understand really what's behind that answer of retirement income, unless you have the courage to, to push and to dig deeper. And um, not every person is ready or willing, or maybe the timing is off to be able to share that with you. Yeah. And that comes to, you know, I, I come in a roundabout way to answering that first question about um, getting to a point with somebody is important, but understanding that someone has to be willing to share and also receive advice um, for it to be effective. And so often, you, you, you asked a moment ago about so often, um, or every so often, we meet with somebody and immediately the conversation goes to performance and, 
and things of that nature, would, that's a total removal of what we think the most important thing is, which is the goals and objectives and what's driving. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you back to trust again, I think trust is demonstrated through consistency. And that means being able to just be with the client for some time without expecting that on the first meeting, they're going to bear their souls to you. I mean, some people are ready. They're ready right. to do that. And some people are not. And it just takes some time to mm -hmm. be able to share that. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe like I meet you and I instantly feel like I can tell it. I'll tell you. Everything. I think that happens though, right? I mean, that, that, that certainly happens. I've, I've had experiences, whether it's non-financial. I mean, you meet somebody the first time and you just click like that. And it feels like you've known them forever, right? Not to sound cliche, but I feel like, you know, I grew up with this person in my neighborhood. I instantly, quote unquote, trust this person. Um, um, and they, maybe they trust me before I've earned it, right? Before I've demonstrated the willingness to quantify what you just said, be there along the way, right? Um, and that works, right? Because if you're a trustworthy person, you know, you're going to be there and you're going to, but of course we meet with all different types of people that are, are no less um, um, deserving. Mm -hmm of help because they're showing, they're showing up and, and they, so they've acknowledged that, okay, I need the help. And, but getting them to a point where they acknowledge I need the help and I want the help and I'm willing to take these steps, however, baby steps at first or large steps to open up a little bit about, okay, what, it, what is it that, what is it that's, bothering me or what issues do I have or what what are the what are the dreams that that I need to be able to connect the dots on um yeah it happens at all different speeds with all different types of people ultimately ultimately though I feel as a financial advisor it's almost impossible to help someone effectively and without their meeting us halfway in terms of in terms of being able to take those steps. Yeah. I mean you always use this not to say that what you guys do is 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 in any way, shape, or form like medicine, but medicine is a great analogy for this. Like it's as if I were to go to a doctor and go, well, I'm here, but I'm not going to tell you what's wrong with me. <laughs> right. This is not going to work, right? I yeah. And nor, and nor, right? Good, good analogy. And nor is the doctor going to spend an inordinate amount of time or maybe any time at all convince or trying to convince you that you need something, that you need something, right? Doctor does his or her job, certainly, of diagnosing, you know, analyzing, you know, uh, what's wrong with you, diagnosing or recommending. Um, and, you know, doctors are human beings too, right? So if a doctor says, hey, Ben, I, you know, I, I think you're on a path here where taking a look at your blood pressure and your, your, your blood work and, and everything. And, you know, you've talked to me a little bit about your eating habits and this and that. I, I think you're on the tough path health-wise and you need to make these changes, A, B, and C. And that's what you need to do. Um, does the doctor then 
spend an inordinate amount of time trying to convince the patient, right, on doing this. Now, doctors are human beings, right? So it's like, oh, person's not going to do it. You know, they may, may feel bad. There may be some emotion involved, but that doctor has a, as we do on the financial end, that doctor has a large waiting room of folks that have ailments, to your point, are willing to share um, what's bothering them or what they think they have an issue with and is open to accepting the advice to better their lives. Um, and we don't spend any time convincing folks. I am a, a human being though. It's like, I meet with somebody, I'm like, wow, they really need our help. I can tell right, for, right from the get-go, but if they're not willing to share their ailments or take the necessary steps, we can't help. Yeah. Um, you, can't want of, it, you can't want it more for people than they want it for themselves. And we talk about this all for the sure. time. You can't want for it. For sure. Yeah. That's hard though. It yeah. is hard. It is hard. I'm so, I think, I mean, if I were to say the ailment for the capital A, um, the, the ailment, it, it sounds like the ailment is reactivity. Like I would imagine the reasons why somebody would seek financial advice, whether it's from a legitimate financial advisor or their brother-in-law or the person in the cubicle next to them is because they either want to chase something that's going up or they want to avoid something that's going down. So mm. they're in some state of reactivity. <clears throat> For sure. Very few people. I mean, there are people, but very few people wake up in the morning and go, oh, today I have to go get myself a financial plan so that I'm on the right track. To be yeah, that's right. And this epiphany, right? It's like, like I woke up this morning and it's like, and, and I relate that to, there, there's this great athlete, big CrossFit athlete. Um, and I remember a few years ago, he had posted on Instagram or one, or one of the social media channels, his like three-year plan. And, and he said, I'm, I'm going to, you know, um, I'm finished in the top 10 in the CrossFit Games 2024. You know, maybe it was 21 at the time or somewhat. I looked at that was so interesting because, you know, when we think about goals and objectives and so on, I, I think we all quantify that sometimes as it's like getting that now. I want that now. I want to achieve. And, and, and likewise, I want to see that progress now. And again, the, the conversation we had a moment ago about, reactivity versus proactivity um the 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 most important things that we want to that we want to achieve don't necessarily happen immediately right mm -hmm. whether it's financial whether but in, in this case he understood that in his own mind you know maybe towards reaching for more and having so much more and having it now um, the importance of setting achievable goals and being proactive about those goals to say, I need to see this level of improvement and consistent improvement versus stepping on the gas pedal um, um, as much as I can right now to achieve something in six months. And I thought that was impactful, for, especially for someone in their uh, early to mid 20s, this gentleman was, to actually have the maturity to say, yeah, I want to have a two million, instead of saying, I want to have 2 million Instagram followers tomorrow because I achieved this, this, and this in the, in the area of, of fitness um, and had the maturity to say, I'm going to go back to the wood shop, so to speak, 
and I'm gonna and I'm going to grind away little by little at all the things that I need to get better on. And I'm acknowledging that it's not going to happen tomorrow. So I'm gonna put away all the noise and I'm gonna set a goal of something that I do think is achievable, which is three or four years from now. And if I put in the time and if I seek out the right people to help me, and if I am committed to the consistency of being proactive and showing up every day, it's gonna happen. And it did, by the way. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's what, made me, I'm, thank you for bringing that up because that's you know, made me think about all the different things in our lives where it's like, I want, I want that, all right. You know, do I step in the gas pedal and just try to make that happen right away? Or do I formulate a mature approach yeah. to, to putting myself in the best possible position to achieve it? Yeah. I mean, just going to shamelessly plug here and say, you know, this guy may be a genius and he figured it out on his own, but chances are he probably had a good coach. So like, <laughs> or good coaches along the way. Yeah. And as in, as in fitness as in diet, as in anything that is long-term where the goal is long-term. So it, with finances too, you really need to have a good coach and you gotta be, you know, you gotta do your research, find the right person, but at some level you also have to be lucky to just land with someone who gets you and who's willing to stick mm -hmm. with you for the duration of the work, right? It's just like not- And be coachable. And be coachable and be coachable. Right, that's, I mean, not to, not to be corny, but that's how I view our role. You know, we use the word financial advisor or wealth manager. <clears throat> Ultimately, we're coaches. I come from an athletic background. So does Jim Bodie. So does a lot of folks in our organization. Yeah. And not that you have to be it. You know, we have former teachers. We have, you know, um, the, the main idea here is, is that we have a lot of folks that are or have been in positions of, helping folks achieve um, um, and being in a position to offer insight and perspective along the way. And that's what that's really what we are. Um, often we get classified as investment gurus, right? It's irrelevant. It is, it really is. It's irrelevant. It really is. Um, yeah. It's important on one hand, and equally so it's irrelevant, right? Because if you have the right plan in place and you have a coach that understands, I'm not saying you're going to win the CrossFit games, but I understand what it's going to take to get you to that opportunity um, to, 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 to be able to have an opportunity to shine. Then um, the training plan is the training plan. Yeah. Um, it's not a magic exercise that's going to, oh my gosh, put you head and shoulders above anybody else. No, it's the, it's the work along the way and it's the perspective and it's the coaching and so on. Yeah. Same here. It is. It is. I mean, I know that you, I mean, from knowing you guys for so many years, I know a lot of, a lot of folks are into fitness, but um, having met just about everybody that's been at this firm from day one when they started. Um, I know that even those who are not athletic all are committed to discipline. I mean, this is why discipline is one of the values of the firm. So, you know, for the handful of folks who are not into fitness or however many there are, they're disciplined in other ways in their lives. And I think it's really important to have that be part of a culture um, so that 
you know, clients understand that this isn't just, I'm not just telling you to be disciplined. I'm disciplined myself. Like you can't, you can't, you can't be a student or a good teacher or, you know, have a coach who hasn't actually done it themselves and just <gasps> sidelines telling you, just mm -hmm. listen to what I say. So I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, discipline's a great word. And, and, and with that come, and, and what I, I'll quanta, uh, paraphrase what you said as, as demonstrate, demonstrate, right? Yeah. Right. And, and finance, of course, fitness and health, family, um, and, but also um, fourth F, no less important, probably the most important is faith, right? And how we, <clears throat> many of us at the firm are committed to our faith in terms of um, and part of this like training plan, right? Now, whether or not you go to church every Sunday or not is, is beside the point, but committed to your faith of in demonstrating that this is something that's important to me. This is something that's important to my soul. It's, it's, and so much so that just like a training plan or just like a financial plan, um, you know, making a commitment as a family to, to have um, whether it's every Sunday or however you practice your faith, uh, that's another level of commitment and discipline um, um, in a large part of your life as well. That's a big part of our firm. Hmm. Yeah. And when you say faith, I mean, I don't even think about it in terms of whatever shape it takes. Um, I, I, I think about um, believing in something I can't necessarily see or touch <laughs> or sure. smell or hear, right? Believing, which, which ultimately like a long-term goal, one has to have faith because you don't know if it's going to work out, right? All you can do is hope, do some constructive, <laughs> move towards it step for step, step by step. And, you know, and you'll, either get there or you won't, but you have to believe. And I think believe is a word that comes up a lot in our, oh, yeah. in our work together is that you've got to believe because retirement, for example, is, is one of those things where you don't get a second chance. There's no do-overs with retirement, right? Sure. It's like, you don't get to like, oh, screw it up the first time 30 years later and go, I'm going to try this thing again. So <laughs> it does require a plan. It does require faith and mm. it requires really, really good guidance and a coach that'll take you there. For sure. Yeah. That, that, remember that retirement income is the goal. And then we dig deeper and it's like, I want, I need that. I need that freedom. Retirement to me is not so much. I hate my job. I want to, I want to retire. It's, uh, it's getting to a point in my life, whether it's 10 years from now or 15 years from now, where I have that freedom and independence to, uh, to do the things that I, I really endeavor to do with my family, whatever that, whatever shape that takes, to your point, it's you have to believe now that that is achievable, right? And then you believe you have that belief. Then the next step is what pieces can I put in place to make that to make that the highest probability of, of achievement? Because this is so incredibly important to me. Whereas the flip side of that, as we talked about, is do you really believe that it's achievable if you're taking that right now, again, and just trying to put the pedal to the metal and achieve everything all at once? And, uh, and I think that, that as, again, as human beings, emotional creatures, that's what we can fall victim to. And without a good coach to keep you, to keep you on, that, on that pathway, um, um, it, can, it can be really difficult. 
but working with folks as, as I have, as, as we have for quite a while now and to see things evolve and work out uh, financially and otherwise is really rewarding and fulfilling. And that's just, that's why we're here. That's why I think any coach coaches, right? Why, why, why would you coach somebody? Because it's really fulfilling to see that value of the work, the perspective, the direction, the maturity, um, everything that goes into everything you can impress upon someone else. And help is a, is a pretty simple sounding word, but helping them along that path that, that maybe without that help, they don't get there or they don't get as far. That's tr that, that, I mean, that, that encapsulates everything that it is for me in this industry. Hmm. That has nothing to do with a stock or a mutual fund or this, right? It's everything to do with the impact that you can have with someone. Yeah. You know what I love about this whole conversation is that we really didn't talk about anything investment-y. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, investment tea. I think that's a word too. <laughs> it's a word. It's a word. It's a word. It's a word. Yeah. But and and you know, to your point, like most of the most of the real work mm -hmm. is really of of a different kind. It's like on another level. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, investments are very important, and they do show up because they are what fuel the plan. That's but right. everything else is about dreams and aspirations and motivations and all the other all the other realities. Mm -hmm. for sure yeah that's funny yeah you mentioned that yeah not, nothing we talked about was investment related today right so um that that probably should tell everybody listening something right <laughs> I, 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 hope I, so. I hope so yeah um so, yeah. Yeah. um so wow. well, it's been it's fun. The end of time almost right right so um well thank you it's great to kick this off again but more so it's great to kick this off again with you and looking forward to, to oh. future uh, no bonds cast um, where we get we may get a little invest investment tea along the way right right to talk a little, a little bit about what you know what's important to us when it gets to that point um, but no bonds cast we're here we're, we're here to to make impact uh, with folks that really have these dreams and goals they want to achieve um, Beck Bodie um, we're, we're, we are on social media. You can find us at at Beckbody or Beckbody.com. Um, we're all Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, what have you, but really looking forward to, uh, continuing the no bonds cast next week and having, uh, having a great time doing it with you, Ravia. So thank great. you very much. Thank you so much. This was super fun and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.